1: here we are today. How many of you want to save the world? Yes. How many of you want to save someone? Yes. <laughs> How many of you want to see your lost loved ones and neighbors come into faith? Yes. That's weak. It's a little weak. <laughs> so I'll encourage all of you. We have corporate prayer times. Come cry out to God for your lost loved ones for your unsaved family, for the nations of the world, come join us. Spend a half hour in prayer with us. Spend an hour in prayer with us. Spend two hours in prayer with us. You're all welcome. Tonight, six to eight, they'll be here. There'll be a worship team. They'll be doing a set. Um, They kind of do two segments. They do one set that's more meditation where we pray individually and one where they kind of direct it and we pray corporately. Feel free to join us for a few minutes of that. You're all welcome to come in but let's put some actions to our faith and start believing God corporately that God's gonna get involved and save people. How many say that's fair? That's fair. And if you can clear your schedule for the week of the 29th, 30th, 1st, 2nd, all the night sessions, come on out. You're, if you've never heard Bishop Tony Miller or Pastor Ted Yuke speak, I mean, those guys are like legendary in the kingdom, but they're even legendary around here. I remember one time Pastor Ted came in and he was talking to the ushers after first service, like, guys, I need a boat for tonight. Yeah. And they got a boat on the stage <laughs> for, for Sunday night service. <laughs> they call me low maintenance. I ask for a cup of tea. <laughs> At any rate, we'll encourage you all, if you can make it out to the sessions, we would love to have you out there. So how many of you know our Bible, um, it wasn't really written originally in English, Yeah, all of you that took Connect should know this. (laughs) I know who my students were. (laughs) So it was originally written, you know, Old Covenant Hebrew with some Aramaic scrolls. And then the New Testament or the New Covenant was written in Greek and a lot of Latin immediately translated into. So usually we kind of say the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament Greek, just to keep it simple. So today, what I wanted to do, one of the ways that we study the Word of God is we can take one of those original language words and we can kind of develop it. So today's word, the word for today, dunamis. Can everyone say dunamis? Dunamis. 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 So dunamis is our word for today. And in simplest form, it means strength and power and ability. You guys try that? Strength, power, or ability and strength and Strength and power and ability. You guys are good. Simplest definition. We're going to try to develop those three aspects of it. I know there's a couple other definitions of it. Most of the time, dunamis is translated the power, the miraculous power, the mighty power. And a lot of people think that's the only meaning for dunamis. But I, I do want to highlight today that ability is kind of in there as well. So in Matthew chapter 22... I'm gonna pull this scripture out of its greater context and read it to you. And Jesus replied, your mistake is you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God or the dunamis. Now this is, this is kind of taken out of a passage where he's, he's having an exchange with a religious group called the Sadducees. And they're just pretty sad, you see. Um, but the Sadducees, theologically, they did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. So they were kind of having this exchange with Jesus about, you know, well, you know, if in Moses' law, it says this, and if this happens, then when they get to the resurrection, you know, and it ends up with whose wife is he after he's been with, you know, the sisters gone through all the brothers because they died and had to raise up seed in their name and all that. And Jesus kind of looks at me and says, your first mistake is, you know what the scriptures teach? So they don't know the Word of God. But in our culture today, in church circles, and hopefully here we have a much higher level of this, but people don't understand the Word of God. They're biblically illiterate. In other words, they don't know what the Scriptures say and teach. But if we're truly disciples, as we talked about earlier, we should be spending time in the Word of God. We should be reading the Bible. We should be having understanding of what God's word says so that we can get revelation and insight and that God will speak to us through the scriptures. And when we know the scriptures, we're not making a big mistake like the Sadducees did. And then the second thing that I find interesting is you know the power of God. In this context, the power of God that he was referring to was they had a hard time understanding how God can raise the dead back to life again. They had a hard time understanding how the dead could live forever they couldn't picture life in eternity any different than life here on earth, even though it's only gonna get better. Remember, this earth is the only hell you'll ever know as a Christian. But the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were stuck in their thinking. They couldn't move beyond, they couldn't transcend over into understanding the supernatural. Now, I look at it this way. If God spoke the universe into existence, if God breathed you and I into existence, I think it's pretty easy for him to resurrect a new body for us. I think it's pretty cool that he can give us eternal life and we can live forever with him. So Jesus said saying, but they didn't understand the power of God. And that, that dunamis, it has to do with the innate nature or the very, the very power inherent with God because of who he is. It's an attribute of his character. From there, you know, in Luke Oh, nope, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. So that tells me something. The dunamis power of God, the power of God that resides within Christians, it doesn't come from ourselves, we don't create it, it comes from Him. And here's the key he takes this great power, this miraculous power that he has, this ability that he's given us, and he puts it into these fragile human vessels, these jars of clay. Now, if I took a bucket of water and punched some holes in the bottom of it, bottom of it and then lifted it up, what would happen to all the water? But here's the miracle. Despite our imperfections, God puts his glory and his power within us and somehow it stays. It resides, and then as we activate it through the course of life, it it comes out to be a blessing to others. If time allows, maybe I'll let my wife share about that a little bit. She's got some good revelation on that. I'll have to make sure I allow you some time. (laughs) Luke 24, the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. We receive power from God... His power, His strength, His ability to live as He intended us to. And then when you go into the other definitions, what is that? Morally upright. Demonstrating the miraculous power and relying on His strength within us. So the first thing I want to talk about is in Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to talk about the ability. In this particular verse, the word dunamis is translated ability, and the ability really in this case, I think it has to do with their ability to handle money and manage and govern their finances. It's the parable of the talents. And we often hear this taught with your gifts and everybody get involved and everybody serve together. And that's accurate and true. But there's another aspect here. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one. And, and a bag of silver that they're talking about there was about like 20 years wages for the average person. So, you know, 100, 100 years worth of wages to one two bags of silver, 40 years' worth of average wages to another, and uh, uh, 20 years to the last guy. Dividing it in a, in a proportion to their what? Dealing. Their dunamis, and then he left. And then when he came back, one of them had taken the money and gone out and got some more, five more. One of them took it and got two more, and they were well-rewarded for what they did. The one that took the gift, the ability, and didn't do anything with it, what happened? He took it away from him and gave it to the other guy. See, God has given us this ability. He wants us to use the ability that he's given us. Now, I'm talking about this in the context of money. While I'm on money, um, we should probably take up an offering at this point. (laughs) (laughs) But see, he entrusted them funds according to their ability. Two multiplied what they were giving, and one was chastised for not multiplying it. God gives us money according to our ability to govern it. What do you mean? He puts money in our hands so that we can be a conduit to be a blessing to others. So right now we're gonna be taking up our tithes and our offerings for the ongoing ministries, but you know, why do we give? We want to be great stewards of the resources God has entrusted to us. We want to invest in the message of hope. Did God save you with the gospel? So we want to put some of our funds into the gospel so that the message that God has entrusted to us can go out to others. We give to help the poor. Bible says there's always gonna be poor people around that need help. So some of our money should go to help the poor and then we give to break selfishness off of our lives. Everyone likes that last one, right? (laughs) Father, we thank you for the seed in our hands that it never will leave our lives. Thank you, Lord, that as we're investing in your kingdom that your truth and your word over the matters of money will not return void. Thank you for the ability you've given us to manage our finances with excellence and with joy. I thank you, Lord, that we can operate in faith, and Lord, that you help us to accomplish all the things that you've placed in our heart to do for your glory and by your grace. Thank you that you continue to be faithful to us. According to Malachi, you open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing we can't contain. And I thank you, Lord, that the seed is in good ground, producing good fruit to bring freedom to the captives and deliverance to those that are oppressed. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we kind of go through this, you know, we have to release the ability that God has placed within us. God has given us lots of abilities. I just used it in the context of money, as it was in the parable of the, the talents that we talked about there, but there's many other aspects where God has given us ability. He's given us ability to be a blessing to others. He's given us the ability to encourage others. You know, Pastor Brian's walking to the back right now. Hi, Pastor Brian. But he's, it's all good. He's got the gift of encouragement. He has an ability to encourage people. If you're down and you want to go talk to someone and feel better, go talk to Pastor Brian for a few minutes. He'll cheer you up. Why? Because his gift activates by faith the power of God to bring joy. We all have these abilities that God has entrusted to us. So the dunamis that God has placed within us. Now, when the power of God or the dunamis of God is operating inside of your life, it always produces holiness. Holiness is revealed in our character. Holiness is revealed in our day-to-day life by how we live and move. And you know what, the dunamis power of God, it sets the standard or the moral code or compass inside of us so that what we do glorifies and honors God. Your lifestyle should bring honor to God. It should bring glory to God. But that's the dunamis that gives us the ability to live a life that's pleasing to Him. You know, how many of you, you came to Jesus and all of a sudden you started living differently? Some of you, that was more drastic than others. But there's a, there's a process that we're all in where this ability that comes from God, we take on his nature. As we are serving Jesus longer and getting to know him more, we take on more of his character and his attributes. So the longer you're serving Jesus, the less you sin. Because the dunamis power of God is activated in your life and you start living morally upright. You start making good moral choices. Now, where we run into a disconnect is when people come into the church, but they don't allow the dunamis power of God to change their life. They don't allow God to have the ability to change their life. See, we've made a lot of progress working with addictions here locally. We have a couple things in place. We have the Windsor Life Center that helps women with addictions, and the staff do a fantastic job there. But I really believe the strength of the program is they teach them how the power of God can come in and change your life to give you the ability to overcome those complications and challenges. And then Brian and Karen, through the Genesis program and Celebrate Recovery, they do essentially the same thing because they give you lots of tools, but at the end of the day, it's the power of God, it's the dunamis of God that comes in that gives us the ability to change from the inside out. When you open your heart to God and receive from Him that which you need so that you can conquer those things that you're trying to conquer, that's what makes the difference between success and failure because you're activating the power of God. Jack and Lynn teach that too. Speaking the Word of God, activating the Word of God, activating the inherent power of God within us. You know, they were talking about Luke chapter 4, you know, in the Scripture reading a little bit earlier today. But really that whole segment, Jesus was fasting and praying in the wilderness and he came out of the wilderness after 40 days of fasting and prayer in the power of the Spirit. And when you're operating in the power of the Spirit, I'm gonna tell you something, anyone that's religious is gonna get really upset with you. I, I was talking about this in a different segment at the first service, but I think I'll talk about it right now. You see, the law, which we'll get to later, but the law, it, it helps us realize that we're really not good enough in and of ourselves. I mean, how many of you tried to follow the Ten Commandments? Yeah. Longest day of your life, wasn't it? <laughs> the law in and of itself, it produces bondage inside of our life because it leads to legalism. It's all about rules. Religious systems all over the world, it's all about legalism. You do this and you don't do this and you do this. But see, there's no dunamis. There's no power of God. And it's the power of God, it's the spirit of life that activates the truth inside of us so that we can follow God's law. And that's what sets us apart because law by itself leads to legalism, now, mind you, on the other side, people tend to blow up when they're all spirit with no, <laughs> you know. But, but, but what happens is you need the spirit of truth. You need that dunamis power from God to enable us to live as God intended us to. So when we go into the power aspect, moving from ability to the power, you've got the inherent power which resides by virtue of his nature. And Jesus said, you do err not knowing what? The scriptures or the power of God, the inherent nature of God. It's a part of who He is. His power is one of His attributes. And and just by virtue of who He is, there's power in God. He has the power to speak and things happen. He spoke, universe created. There was kind of a bang. How many of you enjoyed the bang the other night? (laughs) (laughs) Locally, man, boom! My wife was upstairs. What just happened? Not sure. (laughs) You know, all of us survived and no one was hurt, except maybe that guy that fell out of that chair on the meme. There's a power, a moral power, for excellence of soul. We have the ability to live right. That only comes through the Creator when we access His dunamis. God's the one that gives you the ability to make the right decisions. God's the one that gives you the ability to make the right decisions even when it's tough. Have you ever been faced with one of those moral dilemmas? If I do the right thing, this will (laughs) happen. Always do the right thing. Did everyone hear me say that? Always do the right thing no matter the consequence. We always want to obey God. We always want to obey his word. And if there's a consequence for obeying God and his word, then I'll deal with the consequence of obeying God and his word. Yeah. Well said, RJ. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. We can live right, righteous living uprightness. Hey, are you developing your relationship with God? I hope so. I hope your relationship with God is just not Sunday morning between, you know, 10 to 11 and, and 12.35 and then we may wave it a few people on the way out and then your relationship with God is done till next week. Doesn't the Bible talk about having a form of godliness but denying the power of it? That's a legalistic structure and it's good to go to church but if church is your only experience with Christ through the course of the week, man, you're missing out. His power is present to transform us every day, all day. Are you being transformed into his image? So, when we're looking at the Greek language, uh, you know, I'm not fluent in biblical Greek. I, I don't know too many people that are. Uh, so, we look to dictionaries of guys who are like Thayer wrote a, a, a lexicon, and Little Kittle wrote another one. We joke about Little Kittle. Because if you see his other big expanded version, it's, it's, it's big. But modern day, there's a guy named Rick Renner. He's one of the premier yeah, Greek scholars today. Pretty fluent in biblical Greek. Uh, some of you might have come across his teachings. He, he wrote a book called Sparkling Gems. Yeah, I, yeah. And now I see somebody go, oh, yeah, I've read that or I've seen that. So he spoke about dunamis. Well, kind of, he, he was writing about a compound word, so... E-N, with, and then Dunameo, uh, with the power, um, from Ephesians 6.10 where it says a final word, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, or in his mighty power. So what it's talking about is with his mighty power. So Rick Renner says another way that you can render this accurately would be we need to be infused with supernatural strength and ability. We can be empowered with the special touch of God's strength. We can receive this inner strengthening. Are you getting a clue here that what we have to do is go to God and receive from Him the inner strength? We have to go to God and be infused with the power that we need so that we can overcome whatever circumstance or whatever situation that we find ourselves facing. And I've discovered if we start asking God for wisdom and seeking His face and staying connected to Him, you find yourself facing a whole lot less of those circumstances and situations because you're actually obeying Him and following the path. Because most of the time, you know, we create our own mess. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. It's still true. Most of the messes I create in my life are because I didn't listen to God as good as I should have or I wasn't obeying his word at all. (laughs) I'm sure that's true for some of you. Yes, it is. Yeah, other people create problems for us, but a lot of times we create our own mess. So implied within Rick Renner's statements, the explosive power and strength must be deposited into the receiver. Why has Pastor Rick been teaching on the Holy Spirit? His desire, what does he wanna do? He wants to activate the power of God inside of your lives. It's there, it's present, but we gotta activate it. We have to receive this ability to overcome. We perform miraculous signs. We demonstrate the character of Christ, to a world that desperately needs it. You know, everybody wants to see the miraculous power, but I'm telling you, dunamis is always paired with holiness in the scripture. As we develop and take on the nature and the character of Christ, the power of God is released more fully it's available to all of us on a day by day. But you know, are we taking the hope that God has given us and taking it to share with others? When we were going through, we were trying to come up with a good illustration. The best one that we found, Pastor Michael actually found it, was this guy that was lifting weights. And he had his weight bench all set up. And I couldn't be bothered to set up the illustration. <laughs> it would be embarrassing lifting 150 pounds. <laughs> 160 on a good day. I have no idea. I haven't lifted weights in a while. Here's the point. When you're going through life, you know, each of the weights, they represent the struggles that we're all in, okay? But what happens is sometimes you get more weight in your life than you can carry. And that's when you need Rob Blair back there to come up here and help me carry the extra weight that gets put on. But see, in that moment, he'd be representing the Holy Spirit who comes and helps you carry the burden of life. So we all need the Holy Spirit to help us in that segment of our life when you feel like you're overwhelmed and you can't take another step or you just can't do it, that's when you need to activate the power, the dunamis power of Christ, the dunamis power of God. It comes and it gives you that supernatural power, that explosive power to overcome temptation, to overcome sin, and to withstand the onslaught of the enemy coming against your mind. So the third arena that I want to talk about with dunamis today is that area of strength. But let's start with this. Are you experiencing an area of weakness inside of your life? The correct answer is yes. (laughs) If you answered no, let's go to pride and then automatically there's an area of weakness. (laughs) I think all of us um, have areas of weakness inside of our life, I certainly do. But here's what I want you to catch. In your area of weakness, or multiple areas of weakness, that's where we need strength from God to come and empower us to be strong. You're gonna find that in your weakness, that is the moments when God shows up and shows himself strong inside of your life. It's in your weakness God shows up strong. If you're strong enough to do it on your own, God doesn't have to come and help you, and there's no glory for him in that. <laughs> Good luck with that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, because we're, we're talking about the many applications of this word dunamis here, and in 1540, oh, they're quicker than I am. <laughs> Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They're buried in weakness, but they'll be raised strength so he's kind of talking here about this this natural body and how it's limited by weakness and one day your body's gonna die and go to the grave and for the sadducees they thought that was the end that was it for them God, we're not sadducees but what happens is moving forward from there he goes on he talks about the first man adam and then Jesus, the second Adam. And he's talking about this whole concept of natural man, spiritual man, and he goes into death, okay? If you jump down, I don't know, verse 51, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we'll all be transformed. It'll happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to life forever or to live forever. And we who are willing will also be transformed. Our living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that'll never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed, I started a little bit early, into bodies that'll never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. And then he goes into the great passage. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? Then he says something interesting. For the sting, For the sin is the sting that results in death and law gives sin its power. Remember a few minutes ago I was telling you that law always leads to legalism and death? The law is what activates sin because when you don't keep the law, what happens? Sin happens. The law was given so that we could realize our great need for the Savior. (laughs) That's the good news. But what happens is there's actually giving sin its power. That's dunamis. Sin can have dunamis power too. But it's not the it's not the power that comes from God. It's the power that comes from rejecting God. The sting of death comes from rejecting the power of God. Sin is the sting that results in death. Sin is what produced death. The law of sin and death was released in the earth when? When sin entered in. It's quiet. Jesus came to break the power of sin over your life and over my life. And now when we take on his nature and character, we can walk free from that. So here's my question. In your life, has something died? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe another relationship with your kids, your parents, your brother, sister, your best friend forever that's not so good now. Maybe your dreams died, and sometimes they need to. (laughs) We have to allow God to resurrect them. Is your hope gone? What about your faith? Is it challenged? What about your joy? Is it low, absent, not present, negative joy? Peace? Peace? Maybe you're dead in your sin, and you really need Jesus to come and activate some faith for some life. Are you struggling with an addiction? Not just drugs or alcohol. People get addicted to all kinds of things. They get addicted to sex. They get addicted to gambling. Some people are addicted to themselves. Those people are awesome to talk to. Are you lonely? Are you in pride? Are you dealing with shame? You know, here's the hope. The dunamis of God, the power of God is present. The mighty power of God to deliver you, to bring you to freedom and show you the path out. But you develop your relationship with the Creator spend some time in his words so that you don't err not knowing the scriptures, and then activate the power of God in your life and walk out of it. And that's where the power of God is demonstrated in the life of the believer, which is why as we continue to activate his power inside of our life and receive the miraculous power of God, everything changes because he gives us the strength. And that's where the rubber meets the road in your life and in my life because if we're willing to do that and activate the power of God and fight and go to war, the change produced within us is a direct result of God's power working through us. You can receive that which you need. It's available to you. You have to let it manifest in your areas of weakness, in the areas that we know. We need the cross. Let the cross bring strength. Let the dunamis power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the same dunamis that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that's available to you. Now, I've seen some miracles in my day, I'll be honest. I've seen a few, more than one or two. I still think the greatest miracle is when God translates someone out of the kingdom of darkness and places them into the kingdom of light. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? Even beyond that, I've even known a dead guy that came back to life. For me, that's one of the greatest miracles. When the dead come back to life, resurrection of the dead. That's a pretty powerful miracle. Yes. I mean, Jesus, dead for three days. He came out of the grave. He rose from the dead. That's a pretty good miracle. How many would agree with me? That's a pretty good miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can oh, you yeah. think of a miracle greater than coming back from the dead? Yeah. Well, Lazarus was four days. No, seriously. But I've seen, here's a for instance, This missions group came into the Philippines when I was there. The team leader sits me down and says, hey, we've got five minutes. Why don't you activate these kids in the power of God? Educate and activate them on how to minister the power of God in five minutes. So all I did was I sat these kids down and I said, listen, Holy Spirit's in you, power of God's in you. You preach the word of God and what does the Bible say? Signs, wonders, miracles, activate. So this is what I want you to do. When you go tell people about Jesus, then I want you to take this next step and say, now that I've shared with you, would it be okay if I prayed with you? And those kids went in the mall and started pulling people out of wheelchairs and sick people were getting by. (laughs) It's not a real complicated formula, but I'm telling you holiness really helps that process of gaining confidence and faith. Let God bring back the dead arena, the dead areas of your life. Let Him resurrect it. Whether it's a relationship or a situation or a circumstance, let's remove the outfit of death from our life and take on the land of the living. Let's come back into the land of the living. As Christians, we're not supposed to operate in death. We're supposed to operate in life, receive what does it say in John 15? Without him we can do. And and if I'm really honest with you, I will tell you the truth. I have never healed a single person. And I likely never will. Cuz I'm not a healer. I'm a jar of clay that God puts his glory in and when I pray and activate faith with people, God will come and heal people. He gets the glory kingdom gets expanded, we're all happy. So uh, we're at a place in the service. I think I would like my wife to come up and share with you for a couple minutes. Come, Angel. Good morning. So now that I've laid the foundation, she's going to demonstrate the power.
0: He's only saying that because in the first service, um, I really felt that uh, through the Holy Spirit that I needed to share a couple things, and he would like me to share them again. (laughs) Um, Okay, it's going to be really hard. Um, In this last season, God has been really speaking to me about his perspective, his view, his mind, his. His thoughts on things. And whenever God is going to be sharing with you, with us, with his body, his thoughts, his mind, what he, um, how he created the earth, it will always, always, always challenge your mind. Always. You will never be able to understand the awesomeness of the God that you serve with your mind it has to come from your spirit and then it's the upload that that kinda comes to your brain and he kind of allows you And even then it's kinda like it blows your mind blows your circuits and one of the things God has really really been challenging my mindset on and I really find in the world um, but even more in the Christian in the church we call ourselves Christians but God has really been challenging me on what is good, and what do I as God call good, and what is my definition of good. And what the, the Bible tells us that the world will call good evil, and they will call evil good. But even the Christian church has fallen into this area of deception where taking on some of the mindsets of the world and adopting them in the church. and Daring to call that good when it's not good. It's not God's ways; they're not His ways. And I want to just to bring this down to just to try to. I have to compact this. um, When Jesus died on the cross, the way in in His own humanity, in His humanness, He was God as a man. In His own humanity. He did that through the dunamis of God, the power of God. It was not something that he wanted to do. He prayed and asked the Lord, let this pass from me. But if not, your will be done. And only by the dunamis of God was he able to do that and bring that forth. And what we often don't understand is that in this world... The Lord tells us we are going to have suffering. We are going to have trials. We are going to go through all of these things. And you have to be clear and understand and know the character of the kind of God that you serve, but not just that, that that same character he's trying to get worked in you. And you won't oh, you won't get that by trying to understand it. The only way that it comes is through relationship and allowing God to work that through you. So we often question God with suffering and why does this happen and all of these things and everything. Else. When that did not come from God. God is a good God. His goodness, he did not give the suffering, the sickness, the pain, the sorrow. But unfortunately, we live in a broken and fallen world, and as a result, natural consequences, these things are going to happen to us. So God, being the kind of God that he is, like, he's blowing out, like, to understand how amazing, how incredible, how awesome that he is, is that he, our good, came out of Jesus' suffering. Our good. And we can say, well, how is that good? How, does, how is that good? Can God call that good when all of that suffering and what Jesus had to endure? What we don't understand is that your good and somebody else's good ultimately came out of your suffering as well. Your willingness to die to self, your willingness to take up your cross, your willingness to let God work his character through you so that in this world, somebody else had to suffer. And you don't know where that that suffering happened along the line. But God brought goodness into your life because of that person's willingness to lay down their life and say, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. And somebody else's good will come from you being willing to die and lay down your life and follow God and do what he asks you to do. But you will never, in many cases, you will never know but when you get to heaven and you look behind you and you see the people in your life that, Lord, I touched their life. It, if you take the time to just sit in the Lord's presence and just, God, all over the world, through all of creation, through all of time, he weaves all of this together in every person's life and touches and allows us to be connected To somebody else's life and bring goodness into their life and he does it many times through suffering because much of the character that's worked out of all of the character that's worked out in your life has to come through the opposite attribute that's existing in your life you cannot have great faith without that faith being opposed by something you cannot have patience in your life without opportunities in your life to build patience you cannot have all of the things that god has to give us without going and walking these things out and these the opposite traits happen that comes through suffering and we you won't be able to understand but how is this good god is saying that's we are seated in heavenly places with christ jesus we are supposed to be looking at things from his perspective his and if we're asking god god show me your thoughts how do you see this and it's a challenging thing Because anything of the Lord will challenge your mind. It will challenge the natural place that we're in. And we don't understand that, yes, people, it's not to even diminish that people go through suffering and they go through sorrow and they go through so many things in this world. We have had our times as well. But where we don't understand and where the perspective is not driven by eternity, God works everything, 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 everything through relationship. He allows all of it to happen through connection and relationship and appointment. He does everything, even through his son. He did it to get relationship back to us. And he works through all of us through relationship and we're all connected to everybody else and different things and different people. And he does all of that. And then we think that this is it. If this is it, then I'd be living my life a totally different way, man. It'd be all about me and nobody else. It'd be like, yes, I want it all for me. And we have a generation growing up where it's all about me. I get what I want and I'm entitled and this and that. And it's not about this is about dying to yourself because heaven is where it's at. The destination is heaven. And if I along the way can bring people with me to heaven, to the destination, then earth, Pastor RJ said it, it is the only hell that we know. So we are translating somebody, pulling them out of a real, real, real hell. Bringing them with us into heaven where we are going to be forever. So this stuff that we're experiencing here, God is saying, but I'm preparing you for all the good that I've, I've prepared. I'm preparing you for what I've already prepared. But we have to understand that as a body of Christ we have to be willing to challenge that that's out in the world and say, no, that's not good. And the suffering or any inconvenience, anything that God is calling us to do, that it's good is coming to somebody else and good is coming to my life because of somebody else. And it's all connected. And Jesus, because of his willingness to go on the cross, gave us the ultimate good to be able to bring goodness to somebody else. Is it like... Isn't that amazing that that's the kind of God that we serve? That he allows us to be a part of that. But he can do it all himself. But he says, I want to bring you alongside with me. And I want to do this through you. I want to work through you. And in and through that, his goodness is so amazing that he works his character in us. So we become people who are long-suffering, who are kind, who are generous, who have the love of Christ, who are showing the world this is who we are, and we're willing to do whatever it takes to bring you with us into the kingdom of God. Because that's where it's at. Amen. This is where our perspective needs to be, not down here. So the dunamis of God that Pastor RJ was talking about when he was saying, holiness always has to be together with the dunamis. So that means if we're living rightly and we're going before the Lord, that has to be together. But when you will be challenged in your thought life, in your perspective, and what you're facing because... It will never line up with what the world thinks in your mind. You have to get it in here, in your spirit, for the Lord to be able to show you and help you to understand that what I think about things and what you think about things are not the same. And if you want my perspective, if you want what I see, then you need to come and ask me, but be prepared. It's going to challenge everything that you think. Amen?
1: Thanks, Angel. Can you all stand with us? God bless you all. Thanks for worshiping with us. Have a great week.